welcome to Short Course, episode 28, for August 10th, 2018. I'm your host, Ben Barry. So this week, I just finished shooting the Sir Walter USPSA match, which is one of the bigger USPSA matches around here. Usually they do eight stages. This time it was only seven because they normally do a speed shoot and a classifier back-to-back on one bay. And this month they just ran a two-string classifier that sufficed. It took the same amount of time and kept the flow going. So it was only seven stages, probably in the neighborhood of, you know, 200 rounds, somewhere in there. Uh, and, and just, I really have to stop and remind myself sometimes, like, not to take the matches around here for granted, because it really is exceptional, the level of quality that gets put on for shooters out here. You know, when I hear about other matches where you show up early and, you know, you're building the stages in the the hours before the match, where there are three matches within driving distance, maybe four, I think, within driving distance of me, where they build all the stages the day before, show up, shoot, tear down. It's, um, yeah, it's pretty good. And it, it I, I appreciate it that like the stages this month were, they were really diverse. They had a really good blend. No two stages really had the same flavor. I don't know that I really have that much to say about my personal performance because it was fairly unremarkable in the sense that none of the stages were particularly interesting. I was very pleased with my performance because it was just very straightforward, very calm. I shot every stage, taking it on its own merits, not sort of, oh, okay, I got a couple under my belt. I just got to kind of hold this together and, you know, coast on through to the to victory. Uh, nothing like that. It was taking each stage on its own, preparing for it as a clean slate, the same way that I've been working in practice to do that same thing. In practice, it's successive runs of a given drill. In this case, you can sort of see each stage as being a rep of the of the drill where the drill is the match. And everything everything went fine. The the worst stage objectively was the classifier. It was a two string, it was L strong and weak prez. So turn two 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 reload strong hand two 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 second string reset. Turn, draw, two, 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 reload, two, 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 weak hand. As sort of I've been talking about in working on in, in practice, what got me was the second string. The first string went pretty much exactly according to plan. Second string, I didn't quite reset enough and got a little complacent of all things on the on the freestyle string and ended up dropping a shot about inch and a half into the no shoot, which, you know, I mean, there, there's no excuse for that, but it, it's interesting to see that it happened on a, a two-string classifier on the second string on what I thought was the easy part. So it wasn't when I sort of revisualized the second string, I was mostly focusing on the weekend part, took the, the strong hand or the freestyle part for granted, and that that burned me. It's, okay, well, at least what's burning me in matches, known problems, things I'm working on. So that was good in a way. Uh, other than that, I had <laughs> I had the the world's closest no shoot. I, I just barely clipped the perf of a no shoot. It was one of these where they we were shooting through a port that was outside the shooting area. So it was probably you know three feet in front of the shooting area, and they had, they put the no shoots on the edge of the port wisely to keep people from shooting up the PVC. And I was so target focused, and I I was breaking shots. I was breaking shots really early at this match, which is surprising. And I'll come back to that. 
but I, I was coming into this position, saw the target, broke the shot just two hundredths of a second too early, and just managed to clip the no-shoot in the perf just enough that it was touching the perf. Didn't break it, but all you have to do in USPSA is touch, so I didn't didn't contest it or anything. I just pointed it out to the RO and, and took the took the score, and I think I still had a stage win on that stage, so it was that one went well for me. It was a good stage that I, I feel like went well, but it was it was also just it was as close to not being a penalty as it could have been, so I didn't, I didn't let myself feel too bad about it. That said, I will approach ports like that with a with a greater sense of of care in the future because the whole port was, I don't know, nine inches wide, maybe something like that. So it wasn't a very generous port to be shooting through, and having no shoots on either side. Well, it, you know, it's like shooting a a target where you have the whole A zone, but either side of the A zone is flanked by no shoots. You you can engage it as though it's an open target in the sense that you have the whole A available, but if you mess up, the consequences are pretty severe. And so you, you probably are better off just dialing it in a little bit. So talking about coming in and shooting early again, I, so I don't really know what to chalk this up to, but this, this was a match where the club, I don't know, year, two, three years ago in the last couple of years, Pretty much ever since that that video of the guy downrange when the the shooter's shooting, ever since that happened, this this club has been switching all of their walls from being PVC framed tarps to being PVC framed snow fence, and it's fine. It definitely, you know, every once in a while when it gets windy, it's less of a hassle. But one of the things that snow fence definitely lets you do is you can see the target before you can shoot at it, and so without really consciously making any plans or even having practiced necessarily trying to shoot earlier. The only, the only way I can phrase it is that I felt more in control of my shooting than I have in a long time. And so I was more conscious coming into positions of not just running into position and setting up and, oh, there's a target, let's shoot it, but sort of easing into position with my feet, but also with my eyes and, and getting the gun up so that literally I had the I had my full grip. I had the sights aligned on the edge of the snow fence as I came around the PVC and was breaking shots as soon as I was I was clear of the wall. And that happened a couple times in the match. And like I said, it's it's good. It's just somewhat unexpected. It's not a skill that I've been explicitly practicing, but a side effect of the other practice that I've been doing, I suppose. Other than that, other things that I'm I'm proud of at this match one of the things that I was struggling with and, and have struggled with, and I'm sure will continue to struggle with, but a, a point that I have been working on is steel and in particular mid distance steel. So mini poppers at 10 and beyond yards, things where essentially shots where target focus doesn't work. I tend to want to go target focus on pretty much anything steel and it, it does not work. So in this match, there were, a number of small, either mini poppers, or we shot four of the six plates on a plate rack in one of the stages. And across the whole match, there were 20 pieces of steel. And I had a makeup shot on two of them. And ironically, they were both fairly easy shots on full-size poppers, where I was just going too fast. So all the hard shots on small pieces of steel far away were one for one. So that that is that was at this match a strength which I'm happy about and proud of. And 
one of the the full size poppers. It was it was probably at ten, maybe twelve yards, but it was you started facing it, and I just I just decided to get on the gas and try and draw to it and just crank off a shot and, and try and get it on the draw. Didn't quite work out, but it didn't didn't really slow me down too much. I was able to make it up. I had an alternate pattern for that array. And so I was able to pick it up in the in the stream with the rest of the array. Didn't lose a lot of time there. And then the other one was a was an activator, a full size popper activator at probably seven yards. It was it was pretty darn close. I was just coming in too hot and and pulling it off it pulling off it too early. So aside from those two places that I had makeups in a that were very different characteristic from the challenges that I've had with steel before, the fact that I was able to go one for one on steel is definitely something that I am proud of and and trying to take into essentially get used to that idea like this should not be scary i can shoot this that kind of thing the other thing that i wanted to talk about this week is the idea of shooting limited 15 or production 15 in uspsa however you want to look at it shooting in limited minor in uspsa with production gear with 15 rounds in your magazine as practice for going to shoot ipsc nationals as I talked about on the podcast, this was something that I was doing leading up to IPSC Nationals, and I mentioned that I was doing it, but I never really came back and talked about it. And what brought this to mind was the fact that somebody wrote in to the Practical Shooting After Dark podcast, which is the latest incarnation of Ben Steger's podcast, which honestly, he has found a really interesting format with his panel where they all bring different topics. And that is also something that if you're listening to this, you should listen to that. It, Steger has a certain reputation as being a, a bit of a jerk and a potty mouth, but the podcast is, for the most part, pretty clean and fairly entertaining and occasionally informative, so worthwhile. But one of the things that one of the listener questions that they took was asking, basically, would they do what I did? They, they didn't mention me in it because that's not important, but they basically said, would you shoot 15 rounds production in limited minor in USPSA to, to prepare for IPSC Nationals? And their answer, the the panel of GMs there, their answer was basically like, no, I don't think I would. What's the point? And that's a that's a reasonable argument. Basically, what they said is, I don't I don't need to practice that in matches. I can practice that in practice. And that's a that's a fair point. I will say, I'm glad that I did this little experiment. I only ended up shooting three club matches in limited minor this way. And I have to go into this discussion with a caveat that. When I say this, I basically, from a division perspective, I basically have nothing to lose in the sense that I don't really need more production classifiers given my current classification. And so the idea of shooting in limited was almost, you know, it was kind of a why not. It was more of a for giggles thing. I I wasn't looking at it as any kind of necessarily serious training, but I figured as long as I'm shooting matches, just as a little bit of a break change up change up the the season have a little bit of getting into the mindset of ipsic getting into the you know the the sort of training cycle for it why not shoot a couple matches in limited minor with 15 round mags and honestly i i thought it was pretty fun you know there there are a couple of places in stages and matches especially matches with more options that are less it, you know even if you got 15 rounds in the mag if it's shoot 8 move shoot 8 you still have to reload every time you move but the better the stage design, the more options sometimes having those extra rounds opens up. Usually I found it was mostly just being able to shoot to 12. I wasn't really shooting to 15 that much, but 
Sometimes you'd have an array of three and three or four and two, and you could take them together, have a couple extra rounds, and and be able to save the reload. And so I enjoyed it. The main thing that I was looking to get out of it, and again, this was just because there really was no cost to me. Shooting limited, shooting production, it was kind of all the same. The main thing I was looking to get out of it was in what particular scenarios do I personally tend to do unnecessary reloads? And the reason that's useful is, especially in production, in USPSA matches and and USPSA-style stages, which, to be fair, most of the stage designers around here don't lean heavily on this, but you tend to go to one position, shoot six to eight rounds, move to the next position, shoot six to eight rounds. And a lot of times, even if the stage isn't specifically built around it, in production, you can sort of advantageously pick a couple of magic spots and engage a couple of targets maybe from a little bit further back, but you just do the reload, you set up there, shoot a bunch of targets from that one position, move to the next one, set up, shoot six to eight rounds from there, and, and move on. And so the the base level test for me was, am I going to fall prey to every time my feet move, I reload? That was, that was kind of the first thing I was interested in. And beyond that, if I don't, if I only occasionally make the mistake of doing unnecessary reloads, when does that happen? So getting used to planning stages around having 15 rounds in my mags, which in IPSC, because of the way the stages are structured, won't come into play all that often because you you don't have, I mean, there's only a sixth of the stages on average will be 30 rounds or so. But in a USPSA match, you might shoot four, five or six stages with round counts above 25. So, in those scenarios, when when do I tend to do unnecessary reloads? And can I learn that pattern and then try to avoid it? So when I go to IPSC Nationals, if I can see a pattern in a stage and say, oh, okay, this is a stage where in a situation like this, I would typically do an extra reload. Let me put extra emphasis on visualizing my reloads to be exactly the way I want them on this stage. So sort of a, a specific self-diagnosis troubleshooting kind of exercise. That was the goal. And I figured if best case I go, I shoot a couple matches in limited minor. I reload exactly where I plan to. I get to compare my scores with the local limited shooters who don't tend to come over to production very much, have a little bit of fun, no harm, no foul. The other scenario, which in its own way is a good outcome would be shooting some matches and learning exactly those things. Am I prone to reload every time my feet move, or are there particular scenarios, particular types of stages, particular circumstances under which I tend to do unnecessary reloads? The actual outcome of this experiment was that basically I tended to do unnecessary reloads later in the day. So as I, especially on these some of these hot summer days, as the day got longer and fatigue set in and when things got slightly off plan, those two things tended to combine to lead to an unnecessary or unplanned. Well, I won't even say unplanned because sometimes unplanned reloads are fine as long as they're good course corrections. But in this scenario, they were in fact unnecessary reloads. And part of the exercise as well, now that I'm talking about it, I guess, is getting used to the idea of not having to necessarily do an extra reload if you only shoot two or three extra shots. Knowing to count your your extra rounds and counting up to 15, and so not doing that extra reload if you've got the padding. So 
normally in production, if you shoot three makeup shots in any position, you're almost certainly going to have to do a reload just as a rule. But if you're, if your stage plan calls for you to shoot 12 rounds and you shoot three extras, you're actually fine. You can, you still got, you'll still have one in the chamber. You'll drop an empty magazine, do your reload, but there's no need to somewhere in those 12 planned rounds. If you're shooting extras to do an extra reload, you can just keep plowing through and get used to that idea of subconsciously being acclimated to, to shooting to 15. Well, that took a little while to happen. Actually, over the course of the three matches that I shot in limited minor, I saw myself getting better about that. But in particular, the first match that I shot, which was a particularly warm day, was I, I did an unnecessary reload on each of the last two stages. And looking back on it, I was able to go into my film study and say, okay, here's the pattern. It was the end of the day. And on both of these stages, after something went slightly awry, I had this instinctive feeling to, okay, do a reload, get back on the plan. And that instinct is so deeply ingrained that it actually hurt me a little bit. It, and you know, an, an extra reload, as especially if you're not doing it flat-footed, can only usually hurt you so much. As long as you're moving and you don't get hung up on the reload too bad, it's it's not like it's going to wreck your stage. But I was curious to learn my own shooting and, and observe in a match context, it, not something that I could simulate in practice, really, but in a match context, under what conditions do I need to look out for doing unnecessary reloads? And so going into the match in Florida, one of the things that I knew in the back of my head was I was looking for scenarios where I was going to be shooting a 24, 26, you know, a, a high-end medium or a long course towards the end of the day where possibly there was a scenario where I was going to be shooting steel maybe or have a swinger that any of these typical situations that have the potential to shoot lots of makeups, whether it's missing on steel or having to shoot a swinger. So in those scenarios, in stages late in the day, in longer stages, just watch out. That was just something that was in the back of my head. And I think it was useful. I think it was certainly fun. It was a good way to, to kind of get in the spirit of Ipsic, if you can sort of put it that way, given that it is the, the second biggest match that I was going to shoot of the year, making it into more than just that one trip, but making it into sort of a miniature season training up to that match and then shooting it. I think it was good. I, I I don't know if I'll always do it every year, but as a break for the two months between the South Carolina section and IPSC nationals, I think it was interesting. I think it was fun and somewhat informative. So I don't know if it's right for everyone. Again, if you're trying to improve and you're measuring that improvement through the classification system, the idea of shooting a bunch of matches and not getting classifiers in the division that you're trying to work on, that doesn't really seem worth it to me. I, I don't like I've never I have never done this particular exercise in the past for that reason. I was trying to get my classifiers in. And so I can't say that it's necessarily something I would recommend, but those are the reasons that I did it, and I think I got some value out of it. And so there you go. Well, that wraps up this episode of Short Course. I want to do another Q&A episode soon, so send your questions to podcast at barryshooting.com. You can follow me on Facebook at Ben Barry Shooting and Instagram at BS Barry. Talk to you next time.